Jackie. And I'm Candice. Welcome to WTF. Women Talk Finance. Our WTF podcast will take a simplified approach to finance. And we talk about investing, a topic we believe women don't talk enough about. We'll discuss common financial questions and challenges that women face in business and throughout their personal lives. I'd like to give a quick disclosure before we begin our conversation. This overview is for informational purposes only. We might include some projections and those should not be relied upon for the purpose of investing. Past performance is not indicative of future results and any investments we mention are meant for accredited investors only. And any offer can only be considered upon review of a prospectus and relevant offering documentation. So please keep this in mind as we move through this overview and remember that these are our opinions only. Welcome back to WTF Women Talk Finance. We are here for our second episode with Kristen Rowell, the CEO of Energetically Efficient. If you didn't listen to our last episode, please go back and take a listen because we're going to just jump right back in with where we left off. Um, you had been talking about money is energy. Let's dive a little deeper into that because I really love that concept. I think that is so true. But this is this is talking about money. This is talking about finance. So let's let's actually talk about the energy relationship with money. So thank you so much for having me back. I'm super excited to be here. And just to respond to this comment about energy, I kind of want to back up and set the stage in terms of my background from lawyering and then transitioning into my work as a nutritional therapist and sort of how I've come to understand this money energy issue. So one of the things I was really clear on when I left the practice of law is I no longer wanted to be in this model of exchanging time for money. It was, you know, 16, almost 17 years of me writing down what I was doing every six minutes. So you're really married to the clock in that model. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of ways that I'm providing value that you can't measure in terms of a clock. And there's ways I'm providing value that, that could be giving so much more. I might spend a little bit of time on something, but it might have, you know, what someone might put six hours of value on in terms of the work I was doing. So I say that because when I started my business, I came up with package pricing and I said, okay, so if I'm offering you this many meetings, this many meal plans, I'm providing this much coaching over this much time, that's going to cost X. And if it's this many meetings over this much time, it's going to cost Y. That model has worked really well for me because what allows me to do is to really focus on the energetic exchange that I'm giving and putting all of my time and effort into really servicing the client instead of worrying about how much time do they have left on this plan? Okay, did, can I really, can they afford to do this extra thing? And so I'm just providing them a ton more value because it just is an exchange. An example that I would give to you is when I hired my business coach, the second time, I was a little nervous in terms of how much it costs because it was a pretty big investment. And I remember she said, you can either pay this amount monthly or you can pay this up front and I'll give you a 10% discount. And so again, going back to what I shared in the first episode about exercising that trust muscle in the universe is I said, okay, universe, all of the signs are telling me I should hire her. I feel like this is, even though it's a lot of money, this is, I, I trust you and I trust that I'm going to make this money back. After I paid her that money, I made that money back in 48 hours. Okay. So this is what I'm talking about when I say money is just energy. And when you tell the universe, yes, I'm going to spend this money on having this person help me elevate my business so that I can serve more humans 
in this way, which is why I'm here. So I'm here exploring and, and serving in my sole purpose. You're going to reward me by giving me that money back within a couple of days so that I know that I made the right decision. So I'm looking for things like that constantly in terms of how I'm building my business as affirmations from the universe. Yes, I've got you. Please continue to trust me. What you're doing is on the right path. I mean, this is transformative for most people's relationship with money. Our relationship with money is, it runs our life for most of us, right? I mean, that that's, so what you're saying is unbelievable. Yeah, typically the relationship we have with money comes, in my experience, from wiring. Wiring or what we've been taught as we've grown up in society, right? Whether it comes from your parents, your siblings, your most intimate family relationships, and then how you move through the world in your first exchanges with society, whether that's you being 18, going off to college or getting your first job. And so I would love for you to talk about the name of your company, Energetically Efficient. Talk about what that means to you to be energetically efficient. And again, with, with that in regard to money. Okay. So thank you for that. My business is called Energetically Efficient. So that's my website. That's kind of my branding on everything. That name, as I think I shared in the first episode, came to me during a meditation. It was like the spark of, okay, that's what you have to call your business. And because my email address, just so everyone knows, is Kristen at energeticallyefficient.com. I say everything about me is efficient other than the length of my email address because it's so long. So I apologize to everyone when I have to give it out. However, um, okay, so going back to just this, th- how what that means for me is really we have, I don't want to say a finite amount of energy because I say energy is just more, you can get more, you give more and you get more. And it really is the currency of everything we do in the world. So everything is about energy. That's why I say money is about energy or money is simply an energetic exchange. It is. And the model that so many of us have grown up in is exactly what you both just shared, which is looking at money and sitting with money from a place of scarcity. I need more. I need more. Oh, am I going to have enough? Should I take that promotion? Should I get that new job? Oh, can I not leave this job? Oh, should I be with that partner? Do they make enough money? Everything comes from a place of scarcity, lack, competition, and fear, really. And I think the way that I would describe the way the world is changing, and this is why I feel like I'm one of the leaders in helping people understand this, is COVID is a perfect example of how the world has shifted, but the world really has changed. And I'm, I want people to open up to the fact that we have left the competitive, scarcity, fear-based, cutthroat, lack, shove each other out with each other's elbows to, to get to the top. We've left that in the old world. And where we are at now, for those of us who are already living in the new world and for those of us who are headed there, it is abundance everywhere. Everyone can have money. Everyone can be abundant. Everyone can get paid to be who they are. Everyone can be in this ease and flow with money and not have to come from a place of scarcity and lack. One of the things I often say when people ask me about this career transition and what I think the next 20 or more so years look like is I say, well, I can tell you this. I no longer aspire to retire. I'll just reinvent myself. So I just think that maybe someday I'll be an author and I'll be writing a bunch of books or I'll get paid for crafting or DIYing. Who knows? But the fact that we used to work, 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 work to have all this money squirreled away and then live our life is so old school way of thinking. 
And if I may, I would just like to speak to that for a quick moment, um, because I think this is just really interesting. And when I learned this from several different spiritual teachers who I work with, it was like the light bulb went off and I was fascinated. So really what's happening on the planet right now from an energetic and spiritual standpoint is we have left, I keep referring to this old world and that we're in the new world. So this transition on our planet started happening around the year 2000. And what that means is up until the year 2000, we were in what's called the Piscean era. And so you think of astrology, Pisces is the ending sign of the Zodiac. It's really the ending. Now, for those of us who were born anytime before the year 2000, all we knew up until that year was the Piscean model. Okay. Now the Piscean model was based on systems, structure, order, rules, everything is linear. And I always say, here's the perfect example of Piscean. You're born, you go to school, you learn a bunch of things at school, you graduate, you're expected to go to college, you're expected to get married, you have 2.5 kids, you get a job, you work at the same career your entire life, and then you retire, and then you die. It's very linear, it's very system-based, and it's very structure and order. So in 2000, when the planet started changing, we moved into, and what we're going to be moving into until 2035, this is about a 35-year transition, is something called the Aquarian Age. You've heard of the Age of Aquarius. And so what the Age of Aquarius is, is it bucks everything we knew about the Piscean model. So it's not linear. There's not structure. There's not order. There's not rules. There's not systems. Now the principles of the Aquarian Age are creativity, individuality, community, love, and service. And you can see it all over the planet. When I hear employers who, in terms of their age, are further and closer to retirement, complain about millennials, I just laugh and I say, these are just humans living in the new world. You just don't understand the principles of the new world, but this is the new world. So where the Piscean era was built up on corporations, churches, educational institutions, all of those things, there's all this innovation in all of those disciplines because we're really creating, I mean, we've never seen this kind of explosion of entrepreneurial work ever because we're now in the Aquarian age. So where corporations ruled Piscean, entrepreneurs rule Aquarian. Where churches ruled Piscean, spirituality rules Aquarian. On that note with money, what if in the old world, money was very just transactional, meaning I assign the value. I will give you X dollars because that's the value I put on it. And then I expect this in exchange. What if in the new world, money is just, as you say, energy and everything is about honoring the energy that exists. So money becomes just a way to honor. I want to honor what you contribute. I want to pay you because this is the value that you bring. And I see that and I want to honor it. And it changes the entire dynamic of money. And it becomes a thing where we honor each other with it. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. It's truly an honoring of the value that we're each providing and giving to each other in the world. And so that's what's so exciting about it. If people start to open up to that, that's the way the world works now you actually can't have fear around money because it doesn't exist in the new world. Everything is about exchanging value. Have you ever noticed how many kids are becoming millionaires off of YouTube videos? I just, have noticed. Yeah. Just create, Take a note. <laughs> just creating videos that entertain other humans because they're literally getting paid to be who they are. And it's so exciting to see that that's now possible for 
anyone on the planet. All you need is a phone or a camera and you're able to just get paid to be who you are, which I think is so exciting. Every day you hear about people making money by investing in IPOs and startups. But what about you? These kinds of investments are simply not available to Main Street investors. At Rowe Capital Group, we are committed to providing access to strategic, early-stage, primarily low-market correlated investment opportunities. Accredited investors go to rowcapitalgroup.com for more information. Rowe Capital Group, empowering your financial journey. I mean, we've even had an introduction of a new currency in that time. Since that time you mentioned, we have literally had the introduction of a new form of currency that could have never existed in the old world. So I think that's really an interesting takeaway. I think this shift could really change the way people use and experience money. And I think the fear base around money, if we could get rid of that, eliminate some of that, that would be incredible. I'm guessing there's some listeners who are saying, I don't, I don't have the privilege or I don't have the ability to remove that fear that I have around money, that scarcity around money, because I am living deep in it and, and I need like something actionable to get me to a place that I can have that comfort level with money. What would you say to that listener? Yeah, that's a great question. So I hear you in terms of that fear that some people are so mired in and they're so married to that they can't really see a way out. I will tell you that I can share an experience from the business coach who I work with now. She managed to get herself out of $60,000 in debt in eight months by creating a plan for it and putting away a certain amount and manifesting her way out of the debt. So I know that sounds insane, but the point that I'm making is it is possible for people to do that, but it requires some sort of action on their part in terms of getting some help. So this particular coach ended up hiring a financial expert to help her out of that situation that she was in. And I thought that was just a really good example. It also, going back to what I've shared before is, it really requires taking that first leap of faith and exercising your trust muscle in something and then saying, wow, okay, I guess I am protected. I guess just because, you know, I, I've done this with things that I've spent money on that I know are of service for someone else or the money that I've donated or those kinds of things and thought, okay, universe, I'm feeling guided to do this. So please show me that this was the right decision. And then I'll get that money back within a very short period of time. So I think it's really taking a little bit of a risk. Anyone who's going to stay complacent and not take a little bit of a risk probably isn't going to experience the rewards or the benefits of trying something new. So I would say trying something new is probably the most important piece of it. The ownership piece you touched on is really important too, because I think many people are living in that moment of fear or scarcity or misery. And it sounds like that specific coach put it on paper and looked at it and addressed it and manifested a solution. And I think many times we live in that moment of just like, I just am trying to survive. I'm trying to keep my nose above water at this point. And some of it is getting a little up, taking a look around and getting a strategy. So I think that was really impactful. Yeah, it's a great point because the other thing that I'll relate to that is energy, what what you put your energy towards or what you put your focus on, I should say, grows. So I'll just give a stupid example. I, I work really hard to not get mired into some of the political drama that's happening now 
or, you know, there's a lot of different sensational things that you see in the news. And I purposely don't spend time on it because it is energy. And if you, if you direct your attention towards it, it actually grows and gets bigger. And so I don't want it to grow and get bigger for the world. So same thing with this whole concept about money. If you actually devote your attention to creating a plan to get out of debt and get over that fear and face it, you actually will get out of it. Like there's no question about it. You can do it. People get stuck and mired in their fear and get paralyzed and don't do anything, which is what keeps them stuck. And then they create that affirming belief that they're stuck and then they're just more stuck. So it's really just making that one shift and having that, what do they call it? Five seconds of courage in order to be able to shift out of it and create a different future for yourself. I'm going to stick with what you said about the political stuff, just because I think it was a really striking example. If, if I was in that space where I was thinking about it and thinking about it, I'm going to go find that content. I'm going to see that content online or otherwise. I'm going to find my way into the conversations that just keep me spinning in that space. And it's going to amplify my feelings and my thoughts. And so like you said, it just feeds itself where it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's just one example. That same type of energetic fueling happens on every level. Yeah. And let's stick with that example for a second, because this gets back to my whole point about why meditation is so important. That example that you just gave and any sort of diversion that could be created political or otherwise is designed to keep us separate. And that is not what the world needs. The world needs us to be united. And that starts with getting in touch with yourself. So that goes back to meditation. Every time I feel like, you know, well, I'm really curious what's happening with the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. And I'm like, stop, stop getting sucked into that drama. I'm going to use it as an example, right? Because I'm a lawyer. I can't help it. I want to know what's going on. And then I think, no, 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 because it's energy. So now I'm devoting my energy to this saga and drama, which has so much virality and poison attached to it. It's horrific. And I would do a lot better if I would just sit and meditate for 10 minutes instead of reading about any of that on social media. It is the silliest example, but I guarantee you most of your listeners can probably well, relate. It resonates. Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I hear you. I mean, I say to my five-year-old, worry about yourself. All the time. And like the reality is, I need to say that to myself. Worry, worry, worry about yourself. You've got a lot going on. You need to deal with yourself. And I love the idea that energy work and money are so related. I mean, that I think is mind-blowing a bit. I don't think people always connect that dot. Yeah. So thank you for connecting that huge dot because that that's changing people's relationships with their finances. It really is. And it's also just in terms of, I use the word energy, also just to share one other nugget with your listeners. It really is all about the frequency. So everything in the world vibrates at a frequency. So this microphone has a frequency. My water bottle has a frequency. I have a frequency. Everything, living or dead, you know, a table or a human has a frequency. And if we have a low vibration frequency around money, we're going to come at money from a place of scarcity, of lack. So one of the things I would encourage your listeners to open up to in terms of meditation is just to really um, explore or to meditate on intending for their frequency to rise with respect to money. You know, I say in my meditations, when I'm grounding my feet into the earth, picturing that I have roots coming out of my feet, picturing that I'm, I'm literally grabbing nutrients from the soil and bringing them up into my body, connecting my crown chakra up to the top of my head to pure source, I say things like, I am joy, I am love, I am abundant, I am wealthy, I am of service, I am 
energetic. I am passionate. I say these things to manifest them into being, and those are real. That works. It really does. The universe, I heard this amazing woman who spoke at a Mind Valley event around, I can't remember where it was, but she talked about analogizing you creating your life to being an architect. And she would say, here we have all of these little angels in the universe who are the general or the contractors, the construction crew, kind of just waiting to do the work. And you are the architect and they are just waiting for you to hand over the plans. And the second you hand over the drawings, they're like, thank you. Now we can make that for you. And do you know what most people's drawings are? All the crap that's in their head. I don't have enough. I'm too scared. I'm not good enough. I'm, and so the universe hears that and it's like, okay, I'll give you some of that. So if you literally can even manifest into being all of these positive affirmations to will yourself into that, the universe will respond and then reward you. I don't know anybody who does energy work, who does manifestation, who meditates, who is unhappy. I will tell you that right now. So I would say to me, that is such an indicator that that is such a great tool to have in your life because everyone I know who has a healthy practice of energy work, meditation, manifestation, really loves life and lives life fully. So I really appreciate that conversation. That's a great reflection because it's true. I noticed the same thing. So you mentioned the Piscean era and we are now in the Aquarian era. How would you help guide someone who is kind of mentally used to and wired in that Piscean era who says, oh, meditation isn't for me. I don't I don't really believe in it. Right. There are plenty of, of folks I know who are in that headspace. How would you guide them into just giving this kind of new mindset, perhaps meditation, anything in this new area? How would you guide them into giving that a chance? Yeah, fantastic question. I'll give the example of how I started because this is, goes way, way, way back and I didn't realize it's what I was doing at the time. I started asking for signs. And so I would pray for signs. And this started way back at the time, you guys, when I was really wrestling with whether I should get divorced. And I was this person who obviously my parents have been married for a really long time. And I thought, I don't get divorced. That's not for you. And so I was really struggling with it. So I said, okay, whether you believe in God, higher power, you want to pray to a rock, I don't care who it is, but start asking, show me a sign, show me a sign. And so that's what I would do. And all of a sudden I would start to see things that were revealed to me that would be like, huh, Okay, whether it's number sequences or whether it's an event that would happen in front of me. You know, for me, it was unfortunate things that happened in my marriage that were bigger and bigger and bigger signs. But that was what I needed to wake me up to the fact that my decision to leave the marriage was the right decision as I needed to have really loud. I said, can you make it a flashing red light, please? That's really big and in my face. So I don't miss it because I think I'm still missing some signs here. So did you get it? I the did. Red flashing light. They're like a neon divorce sign. Right. Like. <laughs> I was like, please make it big enough. So I would say, I would say ask for signs and then pay attention to them because that isn't you know, it doesn't take any sort of meditation. It doesn't take any sort of woo-woo spirituality stuff. It really is you all of a sudden just paying attention to things that are being shown to you in your life and then saying, huh, there might be something to this. What I'm hearing you say too is it's okay to be curious and just a little bit open. And this reminds me of when I first started my yoga practice, there was a pose that was so painful, right? And it was a pigeon pose, if you know what that is, where you're, you're lying soup on the floor with one of your legs like crossed halfway underneath you. And my hips were so tight. And it was such a pose of fear for me. Like, no, 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 no. We can't do this. And over time, I asked, what would it feel like if I could relax just a little? 
in this pose. And it's just a question. It's just being curious. I wasn't saying you have to. It wasn't, uh, this is going to be so scary. You're about to, you know, it was what would it feel like if I could relax just a little in this pose? So maybe same thing if someone's having a, a mental hurdle with accepting kind of curiosity around these types of practices. Start with just what would it feel like if I were slightly curious? About yeah, it. you said two really important things there, Jackie. One is I love the word curious. I'm so curious. I say that a lot to the universe. When I when I don't know how something's going to go or when I'm waiting for something to happen, I mean, even in terms of whether it's personal business or anything else, I'm so curious how you're going to show me X, Y, and Z, whatever it is that you want an answer to. And then the other thing that you mentioned about what if I was open to or what it's such a great way to approach it because it just, it, it doesn't force you to really change your whole entire belief set, but it just opens that t- door a tiny crack. And then all of a sudden you may be shown something that would surprise you. And be open because I think that is, some of those messages are terrifying. I'm guessing the the red neon sign can be real scary at various times. It, it is. You receive it and you're like, nope, that's not it. That That's not the sign. No, no, wrong, wrong house. Go keep yeah. moving. And, uh, and then, you know, the universe might come at you more aggressively next time. But tr- truly being okay that that's the, that's the sign. Be open. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, and this concept of awakening, which is related to what we're talking about, and it's talked about in the spiritual world as spiritual awakening, but really it just means coming back to yourself and what you were designed to come here for. All of us came here, rendered into this body, are here to do something on the planet, and I really feel like it's our job to figure out what that is. And because we're programmed at such a young age from what we saw on television, from what we were taught in school, from what we were taught by our parents or other mentors, we all of a sudden wake up at whatever age in our 20s, 30s, or 40s, and the life that we're leading could very much be about what we were programmed to think we should be doing as opposed to what our soul really wants. So I do think each of us is responsible for figuring that out. And so meditation and being curious are two really great ways to figure it out. We could keep you here all day (laughs) and maybe tomorrow as well, but we're not going to. (laughs) We're going to wrap up. Where can our listeners learn more about you and your company? Yeah, thank you so much for asking. So my website is Energetically Efficient. We're actually going through a whole big rebrand right now. So it will be new. I don't know when this will be released, but it'll be new at some point soon. And um, I'm on Instagram as MN Golden Girl. That really is a word that came to me because I have these two gorgeous golden retrievers. So I love golden retrievers and they're all over my Instagram page. I also am on LinkedIn as Kristen Rowell. And then I think I have a Twitter account that I rarely use, but I'm going to try. <laughs> Thank you. I really hope that our listeners today are taking a moment to reflect on what their purpose is. And I I got so much out of this conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate you. Thank you for sharing part of your day with us. Please hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date with the WTF Women Talk Finance podcast. Email us with questions, suggestions, or just say hi at media at rowcapitalgroup.com. Again, thank you for listening to WTF Women Talk Finance podcast.